Uh, today we're reading from Psalm 31, reading from the NIV version, uh, so hopefully you can hear it okay with the new technology. So Psalm 31, in you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me, since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. As for me, I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your love, for you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. You have not given me into the hands of the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbors and an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the streets flee from me. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery for I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies and those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfading love. Let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I've cried out to you. But let the wicked be put to shame and be silent in the realm of the dead. Let their lying lips be silenced, for with pride and contempt they speak arrogantly against the righteous. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence you hide them from all human intrigues. You keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. In my alarm I said, I am cut off from your sight, yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Amen. Well, thank you, Miles. Uh, let's commit this word um, that has been read publicly to um, and commit our hearts um, as we listen to it. So here we are, Lord. We're grateful that we are able to hear your words and we're able to listen to it. And thank you that you still give life and transform us through this ancient word. And as we and as we listen now, you help us to tune our hearts with the truths of this psalm. Holy Spirit, would you reveal afresh to us the Lord Jesus and the help and everything, Lord, that he provides for us to continue to nourish and to nurture our roots in him. Thank you for this psalm, Lord, and I pray we will resonate with it today. Take it to heart 
and also take it into action. So we may be found faithful followers of yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, I, I randomly chose Psalm 31 this week because I thought it, it features some of the conversations that I've had with people in the congregation. It features some of the things where we have been um, going through as people, as a society, as a city, the last uh, six months. And it fits very well as well with what Nigel was sharing about nourishing our roots uh, last Sunday. And if you see the Psalm 31 is a mixed psalm of meant and praise. And I thought uh, there's elements there that we could resonate with. Now, in one sense, um, this psalm, a lot of commentators are talking about the nature and the literature structure of it. Uh, but I would like to suggest that um, there is an element of the men there, but there is also an element of praise. And it is okay to have in the same. So the theme for today, actually, it was um, praise amid lament. And that's what I, what, what, that's what I have kind of chosen um, the route to, to go through. So what we're going to do today is I want to go from um, stanza by stanza as NIV has divided them. That's why I read it from the NIV. And, and then just stop and ponder in some of the things and then allow it to, 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 to dwell in us and then stop at some other issues and challenges that come from the psalm and then um, look into the way that we can apply this into our lives in the 21st century. So Psalm 31, we don't know uh, why it was written, in what background it was written. Um, we, the, the, your, your Bible says it's a Psalm of David. And we take it as a psalm of David, and but we don't know because normally David would write back of something that has happened or something that has caused him to 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 be in that place writing. But we we can see that also David is really um, distressed here. He is really in turmoil, and we don't know whether it's it's a physical turmoil, whether it's a mental turmoil, whether He's really in trouble here. But he, he, he takes that situation then and he brings that to God. So in one sense, the, the psalm is divided in two big parts. You've got the whole expansion of um, how David feels and what he wants in prayer and how he wants to deal with that. So that's the body of the psalm. So it's the first 20 verses. And the last four verses then uh, really become that element, the invitation and the application and what he's preaching his own soul. So um, through the pandemic, I've been myself reading through a good way our hearts. And it's so easy uh, to identify with some of the things the psalmist is going through during this time. But also, it's an invitation for us to put our trust in God. I have been challenged by that question that I shared with you last week. Somebody asked me, how big is your God during this pandemic? How big is my God during this pandemic? And 
the answer to that question actually is, is, is here in the Psalm 31. When David, in the midst of what's going on, he says, In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Never, let me never to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. And it starts with that covenant language of righteousness and, and in you and that, that, that refuge that I can. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. And as I said earlier on, um, I've been having different conversations with different people and um, this week, and also where we are going as a society, where we're going as a church, not necessarily Cairns, but a church God here in the West, I think it's a good way to start by, again, re-establishing, refreshing our understanding of who God is in a time of trouble. Because nothing that we know for sure is that God is greater than COVID. God is greater than the situation that you are in. God is bigger than the problem that you and I are facing today. And that's what, that's what the psalmist says here. In you, it's that matter of choice, in regardless of what's going around him, that's nourishing of those roots that he's building his life on. And we need to bear in mind, this is David. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. You are my rock and my fortress. For the sake of your name, lead me and guide me. Now, I just pray this would be that attitude and posture of my heart continuously. And I find myself not being so, and I'm being very honest, because there is an element of me that freaks out and uh, there is an element of me that is anxious about things and there is an element of me that actually thinks well actually this is really tough but yet coming to the truth and reminding myself of who God is it says since you are my rock and my fortress for the sake of your name lead me and guide me. It talks a little bit about, you know, brings here the Psalm 23, the guidings and the leading of God, nourishing the roots. So this is a prayer for help in trouble. Those five, five verses, an expression that this is really David's heart. And then he moves on to verses six to eight. Actually, he says, this is where I'm going to put my trust. And the way that I'm going to put my trust, says David, is by making sure that I check my heart whether there is any idols in me. I love that song when it says, you have no equal, you have no um, Rival. That's what I mean. That's what I that I've written here. That why I, I like that rival. That that idea. God is amazing. And and when David cares the 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 greatness of God, and he sees the wasted time with worthless idols, 
he comes to his senses and he says, I trust in the Lord. I'll be glad and rejoice in your love. It's something that the idols don't have because the idols run you to the ground. Because Lord, you have seen my affliction. You have known the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to the enemy, but you have set feet on a spacious space. I want you guys to take that in, actually. And I, I want that to be a claim of a promise that you put into the situation that you are today. Lord, you have not handed me over to the problem, to my anxiety, to my fears, to my um, confusion, to my pain. You have feet on a spacious place. And then out of that place of trust, David pours out his heart. He cannot deny the fact that he is sore. He is in pain. There is this this place in his heart laments. And those four or five verses, 9 to 13, it's talking about how he feels. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and my body with grief. Again, David does not go in detail of what's causing this, but it's, it's the whole of him is being impacted by the situation that he's in. My life is um, consumed by anguish, my, ear, my years from groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I'm in utter contempt of my neighbors. I am a dread to my friends. Those who see me on the streets flee from me. I am forgotten by them as though I were dead. Become like a broken pottery. For I hear the slander of many. There is terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. Yes, he has established his trust in God. But he's going to just go over and share how he feels. There is an element I'll use this. Um, there, is, there is an element there of really, um, he is going to say as it is. Again, he doesn't go in detail, but he's going to, to, to share that this is affecting his whole being. And perhaps that's where you stand. Perhaps that's where you are today. Perhaps you can identify with the psalmist and saying, well, actually, this COVID, this situation where we are in, is, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, you know, what's going on? What is God up to? I, have you been able to bring that before God and to express it, how you feel about that situation? How you actually are, are dealing with your disappointments, with your fears, with your concerns, with your desires, with your goals, with your hopes, with your dreams. This psalm is for us to tune our hearts with God's. 
It's to tune our hearts with his truths for us. And yet it allows us to express and to put things in proper perspective in life with its priorities and its values. Yes, David has been able to share how he feels, but now he says, but, verse 14, I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God in the midst of COVID, in the midst of the impact that is brought into my life. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Again, this theme of God's love comes again here. And let me not be put to shame, O Lord, for I have cried out to you. But let the wicked be put to shame and lie silent in the grave. Let their lying lips be silenced, for with pride and contempt they speak arrogantly against the righteous. So this is... This is the, the truth that, that David is finding himself in. That he is able to share how he feels. And he says, no, I know I feel this way. But regardless and despite of how I feel, I'm going to put my trust in God. I'm going to call into his name. I'm going to ask him to save me from the embarrassment. Perhaps he's been asking, you know, he's been asked the question, where is your God in the midst of what you're going through? Perhaps you are facing the same question when family and, and friends are close to you saying, where is your God in the midst of this pandemic? And David says, Lord, save me from that shame and embarrassment. Show your power. Show your unfailing love. I will trust in you. And then he carries on from that lament, from that point of being distressed and in anguish and sharing to that place of saying, worship. How great is your goodness. In the shelter of your presence, verse 20. In your dwelling, praise be to the Lord, verse 21. For he has showed his wonderful love to me when I was in a besieged city. In my alarm, in my panic, it's the Hebrew. I, I said, I'm cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. This is an encouragement for us, brothers and sisters. This is an encouragement that actually our cry does not go into deaf ears. Um, there is another prophet in the Old Testament that says that the idols of the world have got ears, but they don't hear, have got eyes, but they don't see. And David is saying, no, no, but you're not like the idols. You are the living God Almighty. You have heard my cry for mercy when I have called to you for help. And I pray that that will be true for us today. I think I pray that that will be true for us in the coming days as we wait on God. This week I've been waiting, well, I've been reading about waiting on God. And it's, I, I came across a, an article that said there is a big difference with waiting with your mind and waiting with your heart. I mean, that's the challenge for me. 
I, I can wait easily with my mind and make up my mind on that. But when it comes to tuning my heart to wait on God and see what he says, I think that's the big challenge. And here we say, we see from David saying, you have heard my cry for mercy when I called to help, to call to you for help. And then this is the challenge for us all. This is verse 23 and verse 24, and this is where I want to stop. It says, love the Lord, all his saints. You've spoken about God's love. So this is a response now to that love. The love, the Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. If you ever doubted that your roots in Jesus are a waste of time, a waste of effort, or a waste of energy, this is that point of call here that says, no, carry on, despite of how it's feeling, despite of the shame that everybody is putting on you, despite of the challenges that you are facing, love, continue to love the Lord, all his saints, because he will preserve you that are faithful. And an invitation here, the command here is be strong. Be strong. Not in your own strength. It's what, what, uh, what we know from Proverbs. Be strong in the Lord and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. And take heart. Take heart. yes, what is around us is not a positive situation, but take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. So where is your hope today? I have the question for the breakout groups that if this psalm or if the psalmist writing this psalm was your life mentor or a personal mentor, how is verse 23 and 24? an important pattern to learn as a lifelong follower of Jesus. Take heart. Love the Lord. He is the one who preserves the faithful. He is the one who strengthens and gives you that courage. He is the one who is inviting you and me to set our hope in him today. What are we going to do about that? As we look around us and as we look at each other, the invitation is very clear there. Let's bring this to God in prayer. And then um, I'll hand it over to, to Aaron. Your word says, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. And we give you praise for that. We give you praise that your mercies are new today and they'll be new tomorrow. In the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of the questions, in the midst of disappointments, in the midst of fears, in the midst of concerns, in the midst of desires, the goals, the hopes, the dreams. Lord, you are faithful.
and you invite us today to love you. So Lord, although in distress, we say we love you. We do, Lord. And the invitation, Lord, is for us to be strong and take heart because our hope is in you. Would you do that through your Holy Spirit today? And would you reveal to us afresh truths about Jesus that will enable us to take heart and to be strong and to continue to set our hope in you today and in the coming days? In Jesus' name. Amen.